Hello and welcome uh, or welcome back. So between the clarify conversation where we've clarified problem and outcome and the change conversations which drive implementation uh, sits create. So this is really the critical stage in which we develop the solution concepts. In technology, this means taking the key architecture and delivery decisions, so build, buy, enhance, what tool sets, what uh, target production environment, so all of those choices. In transformation or organizational process change, this is where we identify the key points of attack. How are we going to leverage and, and impact the ecosystem, what are the key work streams going to be that will drive the change? So it's important and really important to get right. Have you ever been asked, oh, uh, what alternatives did you consider? And is this really the right one? And was this the, even the right road to embark on? The cost of change gets very high. Uh, as we know, the further you go down the change process. So I'd like to introduce now is the concept of thinking about a conversation for, for possibility or conversations for possibility as a powerful uh, consultant, coach, change leader conversation to generate and explore the, the widest set of options, to think divergently and innovatively, to generate perhaps those key breakthrough ideas of, moments of inspiration that energize change and, and, and you know, give, give you access to, to great results. So this appears in, in many guises, in many methodologies. In design thinking, it's the stage called ideate. In, um, in one of the classic coaching models, the grow model, you know, this is the stage where we explore options. Uh, and if you've been tracking these podcasts, you'll, you'll know about the double diamond uh, method for problem solving. Well, this is the first part of the solution diamond, the, the divergent thinking part that opens up uh, ideas in the solution diamond. So as I said, this occurs uh, in many methods, many places, uh, and it's a difficult stage because it requires fresh thinking, uh, open minds, conceptual agility. Um, and as I said, it's critical to get this, this right. Um, the first solution is often not the best one. Um, inventing a new so solution where a perfectly good one already exists is, is hugely inefficient. So, um, yeah, let's talk about the skills here. And there are multiple conversations here. The first one I, I'd like to share with you um, derives again from the methodology called appreciative inquiry, which, which I think I referenced before. But one of the key stages of appreciative inquiry is called discovery. Um, expand that. It, it, it talks about discovering the best of what is. And this is important because although we're, we're often wedded to you know, a solution that we have might that we might have in mind. You know, we should also understand that in any large organization or large client, there could well be solutions that already exist. And innovation is not invention, 
you know, invention is coming up with something brand new. Innovation, though, could be implementing something that's worked in one place and moving that to, to another place. So a really critical inquiry that, that, that we should run as a consultant or as an expert is to explore within the organization and within the industry, where has this problem or a problem like, like this been, been solved elsewhere? And the consultant and the expert adds value here through your network, your organizational knowledge, and your industry knowledge. So draw on that network uh, and drive out some, some active research. So really asking questions with your clients and across the industry of where where does this work well today already? You know, how could we get more of what already works? Or has this problem already been solved? Or are we aware of other groups that simultaneously are addressing um, this issue? So it's really important to um, be curious uh, and research and explore you know, what is going on. Um, if we don't do this, then we, we run a massive risk of, of reinventing wheels, or as some of my clients have said, you know, reinventing another square wheel. Now that said, in general, uh, you know, every client and every specific problem we're addressing is unique, and, and I really do not counsel you to cut and paste a solution from one place and you know on, on the basis that's that's bound to work in another place and in fact that rarely does so we need to be informed from the discovery stage of uh, of the possible solutions that exist but you know then we need to build on that and 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 really work with our clients to you know craft and design the solution um, that is appropriate for the context and the constraints that we're facing. And in fact, the, the next stage after discovery in appreciative inquiry as a methodology is a stage called, called dream, you know, dream what might be possible. And I think that this idea of dreaming gets to the heart of the conversation for possibility. So I'm going to be talking now about how you could facilitate a conversation um, that is, is divergent, that is open to new ideas, um, and generally is collaborative as a process with other people, because many brains would give you many perspectives and, uh, and different inputs. So the goal of the conversation for possibility is to generate options and explore those options without committing um, to implementing them all, without committing to action, uh, and at this stage, without evaluation. As you know, if you're familiar with these podcasts, I'll often talk about mindset uh, before behaviors and, and skills, because as I said before, you know, getting the mindset right is the key. And there's a challenge uh, here in the conversation for possibility because it is at best a collaborative and creative exercise. So what you're trying to achieve is, is a whole group uh, of people simultaneously adopting a, a creative 
open, idea-generative mindset. And actually, this is quite difficult because you'll often be working with people who are very analytical, um, whose brains are probably at best uh, in critical thinking and, and convergent the convergent mode of thinking, not the divergent. So when people are thinking convergently, they'll, in their minds, they're saying there must be a right answer here. Um, you know, there, there must be a predictable um, course of action. You'll, you'll get people thinking this is right, so you know, everything else is wrong. Um, there should be a single solution, you know, often the solution that they have in their mind. And... Um, you know, particularly senior management often want, you know, a predictable set of actions that will lead to uh, a predictable set of results. And, you know, that's fine for project planning and for action planning and, and for, anal for analytical thinking, but it's the opposite of divergent. So the divergent mode of thinking is a mindset which is open to there being being many ways to climb the mountain, that there are many answers, multiple possibilities that we should explore and experiment. And maybe the right solution um, is not predictable, but, but dynamic and emergent, uh, you know, with, within a complex context. And um, interesting enough, when you look at brain hemisphere theory here, you know, the, the idea that we have the right brain and the left brain. So you know, the left brain is, you know, very skilled with logic and analysis and language uh, and processes, whereas the, the right brain, perhaps the subconscious, um, is, is more visionary, uh, more creative, um, uh, and, you know, operates in a different way. And, and, and that's the key thing. The right and the left brain do not um, work well at the same time. These are different modes of thinking. So you need to activate right brain, creative, visionary thinking and, and, and kind of silence the, the left brain. If you don't do this, you know, have you ever been in a meeting where, where half the group are, are generating ideas and, and the other half of the group sh trying to shoot those ideas down or, or kill them off or just put their idea on the table? So when these two modes of thinking are in conflict, um, it's unproductive and, and often you get stuck and, and it's absolutely not a conversation for possibility. For these reasons, uh, a conversation for possibility requires um, pretty effective facilitation. Um, so how do you facilitate, frame, and, and stage this? Well, first of all, you know, choose who you're working with. I, I think it's, it's absolutely critical to collaborate, to um, co-create your solutions uh, with your colleagues and and your clients but you really need to choose you know the right group and the right setting uh, and my advice would be to to work in a small group in fact you know just pairing up with another person is a very good place to start a lot of the most creative work has been done by pairs the Lennon McCartney the 
Jagger Richards, the, you know, the famous pairs of people who invent great ideas. So a pair or a small group. And the key thing is, I think, that that small group of people have to already have established uh, rapport and trust within themselves. So as a facilitator, you know, really think about the, the participation and, and who you're working with. You can't do this in a conference hall or a design by committee. Um, you know, what is it? The, the, the camel is a horse that's designed by committee. So let's assume we've got the right group and then establish yourself as the facilitator. So, so your role here is to guide the group and declare the purpose. So the purpose is to generate um, possible solutions to, to answer the question, um, how, how might we? And in order to do that effectively, the group needs to, to, to sign up to some ground rules, which I, I think you should make explicit here. So this is not the time to evaluate or critique or, or to tear down um, ideas. So there's there's a principle of no evaluation. There will be evaluation, but, but that comes later. Another thing I think is helpful is to say that it, it's okay to put forward an idea that's emergent, that's partial or incomplete. Often, you know, you get quite introverted people who sit on their thinking and because they don't have a complete statement, they don't say anything. So, you know, it's okay to, to um, raise a possibility, even if it's, you know, only a thought uh, and, uh, and perhaps quite a left field idea, you know, out, out of the box thinking is to be encouraged here. And then as a group, you know, ask people to, to listen to what's being said and, and, and to aim to um, build on it. Let me give you some tips now that might be helpful to you as a facilitator, you know, having, having set the scene and created the frame for the conversation, then I think the first step is to put the problem to be solved um, and or the outcome to be achieved. You know, put that clearly in front of the group. So everyone has uh, a shared un understanding of what it is we're inquiring into, you know, and then just raise the question, how might we solve this problem or achieve this outcome and, and let the ideas flow, record every idea that comes out of the group don't don't edit them listen to everything record everything and encourage people to to build on the ideas they've heard or, or just add an additional idea now sometimes you find groups that that get stuck and just say well you know i don't think this is possible this has never been done before the past doesn't argue for it this is a a very lofty ambition so Another very good question that you that you could use in that situation is to say, okay, well, you're saying this is not possible, but but why not? So often people have have a, assumptions or, or constraints that they've invented, kind of, kind of myths in the organization that management would never let us do this, or our clients wouldn't accept it, or it's been tried before and it's failed. 
And sometimes, you know, those beliefs, you can examine them and, and, and just say, well, that's, that's a belief, but this belief is not serving as well right now. So perhaps put that belief aside, put the objections aside and, and, and continue to say then, so, you know, if it were to be possible, what would be needed to make it possible? And again, that can get you through those barriers. Groups often dry up and you have to continue to prompt them. Another um, exercise you can run with the group is, is, is just ask them to stand in the future. And so like, imagine that we have achieved this. Imagine we've, we've got to the, you know, to the end of the road and the outcome is becoming evident. And then ask the group, so standing in the future, what did we do that made this a success? Almost chaining back from the past, you know, chaining back from that future point. So what is the latest thing that we did to create this result? So if you can get the group to stand at, at the other end of the telescope, often, you know, applying hindsight from the future will generate some really interesting ideas. And just a couple of additional tips whilst we're into the facilitation technique here. Um, if you hear people saying, you know, yes, but, then that should absolutely be a warning sign to you. When, when people say but, yes, but, really means no. Uh, and so you're about to enter into critique, evaluation, all the reasons why this, this might not work. Um, just change that language to yes and. So, you know, yes, we do want to do this and we don't have the resources today, at least opens the possibility of, well, how would we require the, how would we acquire those resources and that expertise? If, if you get stuck in, yes, but we don't have the resources, you go nowhere. So opening up the conversation by um, almost as a ground rule, you know, saying we cannot use the word, but we must use the word and, and, and really listen for that uh, and move to yes and. So you move the group from, from either or thinking to and both thinking. Um, so that's one tip. And another tip I wanted to share with you is just to encourage the group to do something called, called plussing. Plussing an idea you've heard from someone else. And to define that, it's just like take the idea that's offered, um, explore it and build on it. Yes, we could do that and that could allow us um, to do this. So by using these inquiries and the techniques and the tips, your role as a facilitator is, is to generate uh, an open-ended conversation where multiple options and possibilities have been floated. Uh, you might find the group starts to gravitate um, towards one preferred option, which, which is you know, quite a good thing because that, that, that starts to turn the corner down to convergent thinking. Or you might at this stage um, start to identify the key themes and the possibilities and the options that have been made available. I really hope these last few minutes have, give, have given you a good feel for what a conversation for possibility uh, might be and, and how to facilitate it. I think some, some key thoughts to take away is that divergent thinking 
is a different mode of thinking. It's it's a right brain mode which needs to be activated, uh, and with a group um, that requires uh, facilitation and the skills we've talked about, and and you know at the outset declaring and framing the conversation for what it is. It's a conversation uh, for possibility. Um, I do like the occasional quote. There's a nice one from Mark Twain. Uh, He says, if you want to have a good idea, have a lot of them, Um, end quote. So if you do this well, you will have um, multiple good ideas, and, and those ideas are the gateway to solution design, uh, which we're going to cover in the next episode. So for today, um, thank you. I I hope this has been interesting to you and of value. Uh, And until next time, uh, this is Chris. Goodbye for now.